Welcome to our latest bonus episode. It's Lacey Delane here. I'm joined by the wonderful, amazing Victor Ho. Guess who's back? Yes, Victor's back. He's back again. Lots of exciting stuff happening in Victor's life. Lots of exciting stuff happening in my life. Man, I'm I'm like within two and a half weeks now, Victor. Of before you leave, yes, for sure. Yeah, yeah, the twenty seventh. Oh, so yeah, you still have a lot of things to do, (laughs) don't you? Yes. Well, the first thing, just so you guys know, you listeners know, it's we're recording this on Monday the twelfth. I leave. Gosh, it'll be exactly two weeks tomorrow. So because we leave on the 27th. Wow. So this will drop on this Friday, the 16th. Um, on tomorrow night, Victor, we're flying to Miami, your favorite place. Um, oh gosh, that's, a whole, <laughs> that's a whole episode with me and my misadventures in Miami. Misad- Victor's misadventures in Miami. There you have it. <laughs> that's the whole episode. Anyway, no we're going to-, to you people who live in Miami. You're all cool people, but I ain't visiting you. <laughs> I'm only going to be there for less than 24 hours. We're flying tomorrow evening, spending the night, going to pick up our visas, flying home at 4 p.m. on Wednesday. <laughs> why Why Miami? Because it's the closest consulate to our state. Oh, so, oh you told me that. Okay. I was yeah. like, in Atlanta, doesn't have this? So. Yeah, because, be, yeah, I mean, I guess because they have a limited number of consulates. And so wherever they they are, then they pick the state surrounding to feed into them. That's weird. I always thought every big city should have a consulate, especially Atlanta. I'm, I'm surprised, too, honestly. But I will say that the folks at the Miami consulate have been fabulous. Like they have been very responsive to my emails and. It's been great. I've heard from other folks who are applying in this program, um, that or, or have been accepted in the program. Their 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 consulates haven't been so responsive. So I'm thankful. Um, we got the email um, this past week to let us know. Okay, we're your visas have been approved. Bring your passport. Bring your driver's license. Bring your apostyled background checks, and then you know bring all that and we'll sit down we'll take that from you, look at it and make sure it's all good and give you your visa. So, so this yeah. visa is like a work visa or is it's it a student visa? Student visa. Okay. Got it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm trying to wrap my head around all these requirements. <laughs> a lot. Imagine, imagine me because a lot of the stuff that I've had to do leading up to this has been interacting with the Spanish government and paperwork and filling out forms online, but mostly in Spanish. So <laughs> it's been, I mean, it's been a lot just making sure I understand everything properly. And now CAP has done a really good job of like having like printouts in, in English about how to use their programs online and how to do, do the steps. So that's been great. Um, but it's definitely been, you know, it's been a process and it's happened a little bit at the time. I found out in March that they like accepted my application as in like, we'll consider you. And then I found out in June that they approved me that I would get a position. And then I found out in July 
that I got assigned to one of the regions that I chose, which was Southern Spain, Andalusia. And then it was also in late July or maybe, no, it was June whenever I found out that I got the region of Andalusia in July when I got to pick the school. And so I got to kind of pick the area in Spain where I would be of what was available. And then we had to wait for the letter to come back on to print the letter. And then when we had all that paperwork, then we could apply for the visa. Sheesh. So it was a it was a process, man. Let me it's tell you. It's a long you. process. That's literally one month at a time as far as messaging. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It takes if you are wanting to live abroad and you're going to apply for any kind of visa, if do you're going early. to do it, what'd you say? <laughs> do it early. Do it early. Exactly. You got to have patience. It's worth out, it. There's a consulate in your city. Yeah, find out. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot to find out. But we had to have our background checks translated into Spanish. So we had to find it. I mean, it is intricate, the whole process. And totally fine. Cool. I'm fine with it. But it was just like, it's just a lot. So now I'm at the part where, obviously, we're at the part where we fly to Miami and get our visas. And then... Um, now I'm like selling furniture and figuring oh, out. Wait, try well, let's go back to Miami. They can't yeah. mail you the visa. You have to go. You have to be there in person to get it. Every consulate does it differently, and so this one, they want you to come in person and bring your passport and those the original documents that we sent a copy of. So they want to see it in person. If they wow. would, okay. if it would have happened, I think last year they were allowing you to mail your passport okay. in, which I'm actually really glad that we didn't have to do that because I would much rather, I would much rather not mail sensitive documents like that if I don't have to. Wow, that's very interesting. During my travels when I was younger, I don't think I've ever remembered having to even visit a consulate. Everything was done through mail. Hmm. So I guess back then was, I mean, obviously I'm an old man, but... Uh... But yeah, it's interesting to hear all this requirement and wow, this sounds like a lot. It's been a lot. It's been a lot. And then at the same time, just purging, figuring out, okay, what am I going to sell? What am I going to keep? What am I going to give away? What am I going to pack? Um, <laughs> yeah. What? So to get an idea, I mean, what are you going to pack? I mean, give us an idea of like how, how much luggage you're going to, I mean, what are you bringing? I was actually visiting my dad and his wife the other night and we were just talking about all kinds of stuff. But one of the things that they ask, I was telling them that I have books. Like I, I love reading as many of you know, and I have like eight Frome books and I have like 30 books that I, I want to bring with me. And I purged that down. Like that was me purging and I have 30 books. So I was saying, like, I don't know what I'm going to do about the books because like, I want to bring all the books, but I don't know if I'm going to have space in my suitcase for all the books. And what so they were saying, Kindle. well, like, that's something Mo's going to do. Mo's going to buy a Kindle and that's what I'm going to use moving forward. So I, don't I got a Kindle for Christmas mm -hmm. and at first I didn't want, cause I'm a type that needs to hold a book. I Me love, too. I love turning pages. Yes, man. When I got the Kindle, I I was like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> from now on, I'm getting stuff on on Kindle. I think it makes perfect sense, and that's where we're headed. But yeah. when I was telling my my dad and his wife, they were like, well, you know, look into how many bags you can check, and 
you know, what if you have to pay and whatever, which I still need to look into our second flight from London to Madrid to make sure we can have as many bags as we're thinking of t- bringing right now. But anyway, they said maybe, you know, take two bags, check two bags and split it up because if you have over 50 pounds in one bag, then you're going to pay anywhere from 50 to $100 in a fee. Or you can pay the 35 or 50 or whatever it is for an additional bag and then split up the weight of the books. So that's what I think I'm going to do. And otherwise, like it's the, the climate is warm most of the time. It's rains very little where we're going to be. It's in the mountains a little bit. And um, so I'm going to bring some warm or cold weather stuff like a rain jacket, a few little jackets, but mostly it's really lightweight stuff. Like it's not a lot of, I'm not going to be bringing a lot of clothes to be honest. Like if I, what I'm bringing is shorts and tank tops and casual stuff. So I don't even know at this point if I am going to need the second suitcase. I mean, I guess you should, you know, pack what you need so you can at least, you know, be good for at least a week. And everything else you're probably going to buy because you want to acclimate to the to the village, right? Right. You want to wear their clothes, be in their culture. Mm-hmm. Speaking of books, if I could, um, and this is my experience when I backpacked Europe, I also wanted to bring books because I, you know, I'm, I'm going to be taking trains. I'm going to be waiting a lot. Yeah. So I was like, man, I want to bring like three or four books, but it just takes a room. And then a friend of mine was like, hey, don't bring any. I'm like, why? He says, buy books over there. Because if you're going to travel and you're going to places like Paris, there is an English bookstore called Shakespeare and Company. If you go to London, there's a lot of used bookstores and just buy the books. Make an adventure to find the books you want and just buy it there. And I found all three and four of the books I wanted that I was going to bring on mm-hmm. Paris. And they're all like less than a dollar, US dollar. Wow, I didn't even know that was a thing. Where where did you do that? Where did you buy those? Well, this is where I went. When I was in Paris, uh, there's a bookstore called Shakespeare and Company. It's a place where um, where all the famous authors, um, I believe Hemingway, uh, everybody hung out there. It's what across the street from the Notre Dame, actually. Well, dang, I got to hit that for real. It's a very famous bookstore. It's an English bookstore. And you go in there, it's, it's like a maze. It's, a, mm-hmm. it's actually tiny, but it's like a maze because they have a lot of freaking books. And I was able to find, because I wanted to read Le Miserable, and I found a, a copy of Le Miserable there. Wow. Um, That's and cool. Then, and then I also wanted to read uh, Three Musketeers. I found a, a copy of um, Three Mix, a really cool one, a really cool book cover that I haven't seen before. It's a, it's, it's a European book cover. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the same thing when I went to London. Uh, I went to all those used bookstores and found all the books that I was going to bring over there. Well, that's wonderful news because I was wondering how easy it would be to get English books. But we're going to be going to soccer in London and, you know, like we can do that. If you're going to be traveling, especially going to Paris, London, Switzerland, Amsterdam, you'll find bookstores. You're going to find bookstores. 
I, I mean, that's something I really want to do with my time is have time to read, like, and that read more. Interesting if you find any Eric Fromm books there. <laughs> I will be so excited. Well, if I was in Germany, I probably would, because that's where he's from. Well, They'd be in know. Germany. But. I'm sure. Um, Berlin, English-speaking uh, English um, city. A lot of people there. I'm telling you, the, the people in Germany, they, they speak better English than we do. <laughs> wow. Because they're a lot smarter. They want well, to be, yeah. be kind of like China. They really want to be the, the top economy in the world as far as yeah. automobiles, mm. uh, movie, entertainment, mm. uh, food, pharmaceutical, everything. Um, and, and Germany is right up there. So, of course, gonna, they won't want to learn English. In fact, I think it's a requirement for them to learn English. I, I think you're probably right. I know Sweden is. It's a requirement for them to learn English. I'm sure Germany might be it because mm -hmm. when I went to Germany, they all spoke perfect English. Mm -hmm. um, almost better. I, I make a joke. They speak better than me. <laughs> so. Wow. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. But I still think I'm going to bring all my books because, yeah. That's cool. I, but, I, but yeah. no, but that's great news because that means that there's somewhere I can go somewhere close, you know, somewhat close. They can get an English book. So that's really good. Sure. Yeah. Did I tell you, Victor, about, um, well, I know I invited you to our, our um, listeners. Um, I had a going away party with our Spark uh, Philosophy Meetup group, which is where Sonia and I met years ago, which is uh, Richard is the guy who runs Spark, who we wow. had on recently for Civilized to Death. If you didn't catch that episode, definitely check it out. It's super good. Um, so anyways, they uh, had an, another get together. And then after the get together, we did the going away party. Um, and it was really, really sweet and special and fun. We went to Gate City Brewing up in Roswell. Have you ever been there, Victor? No. Okay. Roswell? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, there's a couple who are wonderful folks, but one of them is immunocompromised and they can't get, they're, they're just not able to do a whole lot of travel and being indoors. And there's a great coffee shop in Roswell that we go to that's outdoor seating. And it's really nice. And so we're like, let's do it in Roswell. So Cheryl and Steve can be there. Hi, Cheryl and Steve. Um, they're subscribers, paid subscribers that are listening. Um, so anyways, it was really, really sweet and special. And Victor, do you know what happened? It hit me that we're actually effing leaving. <laughs> I'm like, wow, wait, hang on a second. Like, it's we're leaving. Even, even harder as it gets closer to the day. Yeah, I know. It's going to you know be. You know when it's probably going to really hit you the hardest? Probably. It's when you're on a plane. <laughs> on the plane and you know what i, I have realized made... you can't turn back <laughs> yeah i think so i was talking to the the mom of the family that i nanny for today and she actually said the opposite she said it makes sense to me and she said i say this to be encouraging not discouraging but she's like makes sense to me that the next two weeks would probably be the hardest and she said i think when you get on the plane you'll be like it won't be hard you know, and I guess it, it depends on the day and the situation. I don't know how it's going to all work out and how I feel, but um, I do think she's right that the next two weeks, when it, it's like the anticipation of it, 
It's like, mm -hmm. oh wow, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling and processing the loss of it all. Like my dad's not gonna be a 45 minute drive away, you know, like not gonna be in neighborhood old fourth ward anymore. Not gonna be able to see these spark people. Not gonna be able to hang out with my one touch soccer people, you know. Well, that's what I mean. I think on a plane, you're probably gonna have a lot of stress unload first of all true right all you need to get do is to get there yeah but i mean i don't, I don't know how long but maybe 13 hour 13 it's hours. not not as bad the flight from new york to london heathrow is seven hours six and a what? half oh, yeah quick yeah jumbo's yeah that's fast yeah well we're but we've got to fly to new york first which is an hour and a half oh, but anyway you do have connection okay cool yeah, yeah. but you know, that's literally a whole day and you're going to be thinking about all those things. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's no turning back. You may know this, Victor, from your experience with traveling abroad and even moving across the country. But yeah, I've been through it myself many times. Living, living in another moving is emotional, period. But moving abroad, coming back and forth from another country is so emotional. It's so emotional. It just it is. is. Um, I, I remember when I was a kid and I had friends. You know, when you're a kid, you know, you have friends. And when my family had to move to Asia, <laughs> I was like, what? That's, that's not in the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> and... It was it was really hard at such a young age. I think I was six to say goodbye to all the friends I've met, and and you know I, I've shared about my childhood. I lived at a time when you know there was only four TV channels, and I went outside to play every night. Mm. I said night. Yes, I did say night. It's because Good. I came home at night. That's how we. You see this joke all the time on TikTok, where they say you know people in the eighties, you know. You know, the, the time we know when they come home is when the street lamps come on. Mm -hmm. That was truth. That was the same for me. When the street lights came on, that's when I knew I had to go home. You know, I had two or three dinners every night because my friend's parents would invite me to dinner. And, and my parents would always have dinner waiting for me. So that's I had two dinners. <laughs> I love that. So much more. That's closer to community life than we do it now. It but anyway. Yeah. But yeah, I had to leave that uh, to to live in Asia for a while, for a mm -hmm. couple of years, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, didn't meet any friends uh, and all that. So it was it was a yeah, it was a lot of time to reflect about stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, but obviously I came back. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but it's just, yeah. it's hard. It's hard. Obviously, moving, they say, is the number one stressful, most stressful thing you can do. But I think particularly with going through to another country because it's just so far from what is comfortable, you know, what you're what feels the most comfortable, you know, and there's if there's one thing that I know is that getting out of your comfort zone is um, something that causes growth. I was going to say a good thing, but that's very judgmental word. So it's something that helps us grow. And for me, I think it's really important for me to grow as a person. Like that's my life goal. I just want to grow. I want to keep growing. I want to learn and experience. And there's only so much you can do of that. How can I say 
in the kind of lifestyle that we live and that I, we tend to live, I think, in the States. So anyway, I think the point is, is that going abroad is an incredible experience. It is a learning experience. It is a growing experience. I've never been to Europe. It's going to be great. But it's not, that doesn't mean it's not, that doesn't mean it's easy. It's still going to be challenging. And so I'm feeling of some of the that. The challenging part is the fun part. That's if it wasn't challenging, then it wouldn't be fun. You're right. Boring. That, why the heck are you going in the first place? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, the same challenges here in Atlanta. <laughs> exactly. It's the same, this opposite side of the same coin, the challenge and the fun. It reminds me of a song lyric that really resonated with me when I was living in Guatemala. It's a um, One Republic song. And it's uh, everything that kills me makes me feel alive. And I was like, yep, that's it. I feel like death sometimes here in Guatemala. Because <laughs> I was like, what did I do with my life? <laughs> yeah, but funny. I was so alive. And so, yeah, yeah. it's just, but def definitely, Victor, I'm feeling some fear and some normal anxiety of like, holy shit, I'm really about to do this. Well, you know what I say about traveling? I, I believe that is the fountain of youth. Yes. So, and don't forget, you're not doing this alone. That's true. Oh, my gosh. I have such a wonderful person to go with me. Oh, my gosh. You got a man. Come on. <laughs> I do. Capital M. A -N. That's true. Hey, Victor, I sent you the link to the thing that I did on Nerds for Yang on Sunday. I saw it. Or Nerds for Humanity. Yeah. And I talked about him on there. And yeah, I Tom was like, can we have him on next time? <laughs> yeah, this is something I said here is that you should, um, when, when you're in Spain, you mm -hmm. should definitely have him on. Um, yeah, I think we need to. Y'all love him. Everybody loves him. And I'll yeah. try my very best to make fun of him. So, Well, I'm sure he'll love that and he'll <laughs> say something silly but back. That's what guys do. We mm -hmm. make fun of each other. <laughs> well... Well, I hope you guys have enjoyed our little catch up and I wanted to just slow down a little bit and share a little more specific and a little bit more vulnerably about where I'm at with this whole Spain process. Literally, when you hear this, I will have returned from Miami with the visa and I will be less than two weeks away from leaving for Spain. So, yeah, we're getting really, really close. It's Crazy. happening, people. Yep. So we will uh, see you guys all next time on the next bonus episode. Thank you, you wonderful people who are financially supporting us. Thank you. Please know that when I get to Spain, things are not going to change. We're going to continue to do the podcast. Um, that's still a high priority for me. And actually, I'm going to have more time to put towards it. So that'll be great. So hang in there with us. Stay with us. Sonia will be back. Um, but we're going to do some other fun stuff until she gets back. So, yay. Appreciate cool. you all. Yay. Talk to you guys later. <laughs>